0: in the morning. This is reanimators. We have been waiting to see it. The technical quality of the picture and sound has never been better, making this the definitive state of the art version of this blood-drenched horror classic. We have kept the original commentary tracks but added gobs of other material including on-camera interviews with the writer, director, producer, composer and others. Credit Elite Entertainment and their producer Jack F. Murphy for investing so much time and money and for taking care with all the little details that go into creating a first rate product. Reanimator is a very special movie to me and many others involved in its production, and it's gratifying to have it presented in such an excellent way. For horror fans, this edition preserves what we love about Reanimator in all its sturm and drang and gory glory. And for cinema buffs, it is just a great genre movie in a great DVD package. If it has been a while since you've seen Reanimator, this is a good time to review it. And if you have never seen it before, this is your opportunity to see what the excitement is all about. So take this one home and enjoy Brian Yuzna. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B Movie Bros. Bros. Here b movies to best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week, as we continue our journey through Lovecraft Month, we are taking a look at the nineteen eighty five classic Reanimator. You heard what the back of the Millennium Edition DVD had to say, which really didn't describe the movie at all. Not so let's dive all. right into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. How about we stop? Start with the bottom this week. Sounds good to me. You want to go first? Sure. Number three. How exactly does performing lobotomies help you control the undead? Like I just, I don't understand it. You know, Doctor Hill brings it up. I've lobotomized them so that I can control them, but but how? Like it just it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, th- I guess they needed a villain, and they're like, well, why not just make Doctor Hill have all this weird powers? Number
0: two, Dean Halsey, the the dean of the medical college at Miskatonic University, he's just a dick for like no reason. Like, in one scene, he likes. Dan Cain. And then the next scene, Dan Cain is a terrible, horrible person and you're expelled from the college. Like, what the fuck? Number one for me is the love story between Dan Cain and none other than Megan Halsey, the daughter of the Dean. You know, I just... It it doesn't fit with the tone of the movie. It's just kind of there for... Megan just to walk in on Herbert West doing things and for her to scream and for there to be nudity in this movie. Like, the actual purpose, I I just... It's it's beyond me. Like I say, it's just kind of eye candy for the movie. It's just there
1: to create more drama. What I have is, for number three, the Dr. Hill character, portrayed by David Gale, was really creepy and in some ways... Way too creepy. You'll have to see the movie to know what I'm getting at, but when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Number two, Herbert West killed a fucking cat and stuck it in a refrigerator. That's just messed up. And number one, the setup with Herbert West and Dan working together to find corpses and reanimate them was really forced. It's just basically there to so that Dan can become an actual character in the film. And just the setup to that was ridiculous. Like he tries going to the Dean, like Corey said, and the Dean just decides like, I'm I hate you guys, I'm gonna going to I'm gonna kick Herbert West out of school and I'm gonna take away Dan's scholarship for really no reason and that was just ridiculous. Then the dean dies after that and you can't possibly feel bad for him for being such a dick. I agree.
0: Well, I guess that uh, that leaves us with the top now. Um, number three for me, this movie actually does a very good job of adapting the uh, the original short story by H.P. Lovecraft, um, Herbert West Reanimator from 1922, um, into a film version. Um, they use a lot of elements from the story, and it actually has the same tone. Um, I don't know, maybe... I-, I've s- I saw the movie before I read the story, so maybe I translated the tone, but... To me, they just—they are so similar in tone, and they take scenes directly from the story and put them on screen, and you're not disappointed with how it turns out or how it looks. Like It fits together. And I, I really enjoy seeing that. A lot of times, movies and books or movies and video games or something that uses a source material doesn't translate it well, where it goes, oh, well, we'll use the characters and we just have to do things differently because why not? And uh, they did not take that approach with Reanimator, and I think that's for the best. Number two, the cat. Dan Kane has a cat. Herbert West may or may not have killed the cat to reanimate it. This brings about one of the best scenes in the movie where Dan Kane wakes up in the middle of the night to all these noises and he tries to wake up Herbert West but Herbert West is not opening his bedroom door and he goes downstairs to find Herbert being attacked by a zombie cat (laughs) and he's flailing about the basement and uh, after this you know kind of maybe epic fight with this cat Herbert West goes Dan look out and Dan Kane turns around and raises raises his baseball bat and and Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West is just like sitting in the corner curled up in like the fetal position going (laughs) it's it's amazing like I, I love it that was pretty funny it is like the most darkly humorous scene in the movie um and number and it it really does tell a lot about the characters and um, it's a pivotal moment for, for Dan in finding out and becoming involved in Herbert's experiments. Um, and number one for me is the interactions between Herbert West and Dr. Carl Hill. Just, it, it's, it seems so natural. And with Jeffrey Combs and David Gale both being the great actors that they are, They were just able to play off each other so well and have these general, like, genuine, you know, disgust between the characters. Maybe they hated each other in in life. I don't know. But, like, you could think that by how their characters interacted. Um, And they had just some some great funny dialogue between each other. And that's it. I mean, just,
1: just them together makes this movie grand. For my top three, number three was... I like the concept of this film. I think it's really interesting. Scientists trying to study the brain in order to figure out how to reanimate a dead body. It's unique to say the least. There's so many zombie kind of films, and they all seem to follow the same pattern. But this one is definitely unique. Maybe because it came out before all that stuff, the original story, I mean. But I definitely think it's a unique concept, and definitely takes the genre in a different direction. Number two... Jeffrey Combs' portrayal of Herbert West is simply amazing. He's awkward and weird and also creepy, and his interactions with the other characters are just hilarious, especially with his interactions with Dr. Hill, where it's so weird because Dr. Hill is the villain of the movie, but Herbert West is not the hero of the film. He doesn't really care much about, like, saving anyone. He's just like, no, I want the credit for this. I want to be the one to do this. And he's kind of, like, little bit petty and awkward, because he's like too oblivious to realize that, you know, I should be helping other people and saving lives. But he's just more mad at Doctor Hill for stealing his um his, his uh research, and, and he is not a hero, and he is not an anti-hero either. So don't get that idea about him either. Nah, he's just a guy who does not who wants credit for creating the reanimate the reagent. Which why wouldn't you want credit for that? And number one, the ending of the film features a bunch of reanimated monstrosities coming to life and attacking the characters, and it's simply unbelievable. It's one of the best climaxes to any film I've ever seen. Well, you know, we've
0: both talked about uh, some of the dialogue here, so uh, let's get ourselves into a little bit of a quote war.
1: Quote war.
0: I'll quote some stuff, and uh, Paul, Paul's going to retort. All right, here we go. West. Herbert West. Mr. West, I suggest you get yourself a pen. What was I supposed to say? Cat dead? Details later?
1: Don't expect it to tango. It has a broken back.
0: I'm going to have to teach you a lesson.
1: Mr. West, I look forward to failing
0: you. And that's it for this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie, feel free to leave it here in our comment section or on our website at bmoviebros.com. I think it's about time to give this movie our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are a reverse scale 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this movie? I gave Reanimator a 2 out of 10. I also gave it a 2 out of 10. I have to say, you know, Reanimator comes straight from the writings of H.P. Lovecraft, a science fiction writer who was most active during the 20s and 30s. This movie does a fantastic job of adapting the story to the big screen, using many straight scenes straight from the text inside the film. And even the ones left out are used in the sequel, Bride of Reanimator. You know, we begin with a great opening scene, and then we take our journey to meet the characters. There's plenty of explanation as to what's going on and who everybody is in this movie. Then we move into the real treasure, the reanimations. This movie has wonderful acting from Jeffrey Combs and David Gale, as well as the support cast. You know, they all do a good job, but, you know, the other two just really stand out. Strangely comical sequences mixed with good dialogue and some very realistic-looking special effects to make this a very entertaining film. The characters are mostly complex and have more than just a two-dimensional role to fill, which adds a lot of personality. Combining all these things brings me to my score of 2 out of 10 on the shot scale. This movie may not be perfect, but everything fits into place rather well, making this one of the best horror movies of the 1980s. Complex characters, a mildly interesting storyline, great special effects, and a bit of nudity make this a movie just about anyone could find something to like
1: about. Reanimator is an amazing adaptation of the Lovecraft short story and an amazing film in general. The story of Herbert West's obsession with curing death with his reagent serum was both epic, terrifying, and at times, funny. The zombies were grotesque, and when they attacked the main characters, it was genuinely scary. The interactions between the socially inept West and the other characters is hilarious, making for a thoroughly entertaining experience. The setup for the various conflicts, especially those involving Barbara Crampton's character, were forced and really not that well done. However, the film was overall overall extremely enjoyable. I would recommend this film to any horror fan, Lovecraft fan, or really just anybody who wants to watch a genuinely good movie. So there you have it. That's why
0: we both gave this movie a 2 out of 10 on the shot scale. Now, we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion and tell you why this B-movie is the same as this A-movie, a movie of higher class and standard. For me, I picked the 1931 version of Frankenstein. I picked Jurassic World from 2016. I have to say that both Frankenstein and Reanimator feature a scientist who brings the dead back to life. Both films were based on a pre existing written work. In both films, the monster ends up picking up a girl for one reason or another. Frankenstein, out of curiosity, Or, you know, the monster's going to get Megan Halsey for Dr. Hill's perverse needs. The main character is scorned by society for his experiments in both films, whether it's by the town or, you know, by the medical community. In both films sparked multiple sequels which actually were pretty successful in and of their own right. And finally, both films had to make cuts upon their release for various reasons. Frankenstein needed to be edited due to some states' film committees in order to be shown in those states, and Reanimator was edited from an unrated movie to an R-rated movie in order to be distributed to some video rental stores, and that's why Frankenstein from
1: 1931 is an A movie version of Reanimator from 1985. I'm a big dress world from 2016 because both movies are part of a series of films. Jurassic World is part of the Jurassic Park Jurassic Park series and Reanimator has two other two sequels to it. Both movies are about biological experiments that go horribly wrong. Herbert West experiments on dead bodies trying to bring them back to life in Reanimator and the scientists in Jurassic World create a dinosaur with DNA of several different dinosaurs. The experiments in both movies begin killing people as soon as they break free from where they were kept. And in both movies, the experiments probably shouldn't have been done in the first place. And there you have it.
0: If you want to watch an A movie version of Reanimator, take a look at Jurassic World or Frankenstein. But you should just check out Reanimator anyway, because it's amazing. Now I think it's time to drink away the flick drink away the flick come on and grab your drink let's drink away the flick bum, 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 bum. i'll give you some drink games then so shall paul for this movie number one anytime herbert west insults dr hill take a drink number two anytime something is reanimated take a drink number three whenever herbert west proves to someone that he can bring back the dead take two drinks number four anytime dr hill acts creepy or totally insane take a drink. Then of course, number five, because it's Lovecraft Month, every time you find a correlation to the writings of H.P. Lovecraft
1: within this movie, take a drink. Every time the security guard is in a scene, take a drink. Every time Herbert is socially inept, take a drink. Every time Megan screams or cries about her father, take a drink. And every time you see the reagent in the syringe, take a drink.
0: You know, I, I do have to give an honorable mention to the, the security guard. He he was he was a very tough contender for my top three. He's just he's just the only character that like is real about stuff in this movie. Yeah, after a while he's just like, Yeah, fuck this shit, I'm going home. Yeah, he he sees like headless corpses coming out of the morgue and and shit and he goes, Yeah, fuck this <laughs> he leaves. I don't get paid enough for this. You know. He, you know, he hears a fight going on in the morgue earlier in the movie. He busts in. He's like, "What the hell's going on here?" He sees Dan. He goes, "Hey, Dan, you okay?" Dan's like, "Yeah." He goes, "Okay, I'm calling the cops." Like, he's just he, he's checking just on so, his buddy.
1: He's just so real, so nonchalant. If you have a movie you'd like us to review or any additional comments, feel free to leave the leave a message below. You can follow us on Twitter at BMovieBros, like us on Facebook, or follow my personal Twitter at BMoviePaul. If you have an independent film you're working on and would like to discuss it, you can email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. Don't forget to listen to our podcast. We have new content Monday through Friday on our website, bmoviebros.com.
0: If you would like to join us next week, we will be reviewing the 2001 movie, Dagon, another movie based on the works of H.P. Lovecraft, of course, for Lovecraft Month. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, Be back for more.